we signed up to be in the competition for internet software. Just like, of course we're gonna be, we're great. And we won. <laughs> so we beat Microsoft, Netscape, Novell, uh, Amazing story. Uh, yeah. And everyone's Sun Microsystem. And, and the guy congratulated me go off, when I go off stage. It was Leif Pagotsky, the guy who almost killed us. So he took my hand and said, congratulations. And I just hold his hands that we need to talk. Welcome to our podcast. Here we invite the people behind the tech, the tech we use every day, and dig into their knowledge and experience. So welcome to the show, Lars Mora. Thank you. A guy with many names. <laughs> we'll uh, see. Retard, ugly face. <laughs> you said that, not me. Yeah, I, uh, got, I, I got a good radio face. So uh, how are you today? I'm pretty good. I got yeah. coffee and uh, what we in Sweden call for snooze. Yeah. And we are in Stockholm. We are. Yeah, wonderful weather today, huh? Yeah. 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 And we're inside. No yeah. weather here. No, exactly. <laughs> well, I can give it's you weather. Really cold. <laughs> Thankfully, you can't smell. <laughs> so you're from Växjö, right? Yes. Yes. I am. From, Sandsbro, very close to Växjö. And then you went to Technicum. And yes. And that's a technology school yeah. in Växjö? Yeah, I was supposed to do four years. You, you could do four years. I did the three mandatory years, and then I went hitchhiking <laughs> did you just went out in the forest or <laughs> you don't hitchhike in the forest not many cars over there i don't know no, uh, you're from school yeah, you don't I, even i'm thinking about hiking i don't know what what i'm saying you don't even sorry. have forest in school it's like, so you it? went hitchhiking where yeah. did you hitchhike uh to italy basically where? i took a truck from we have a large in Beck we have a large transporter who go to italy a lot so i called them up and said if i could join a joined a truck and at some point I got the call. Where did you go in uh, Italy then? Uh, I went, I was dropped off in Trento <laughs> without knowing any Italian. I know uh, Stazione Ferrovia, <laughs> like where is the railway station? <laughs> and I also had a friend's friend in Rome, so I needed to know how to go to Rome. So, and actually I slept one night in Colosseum. Wow. <laughs> because it was raining and I, we passed there and I thought, that's probably roof there. And we, me and a Chinese guy and two Australians, we snuck in and, and I slept there. So I think we have a really good title for the show, <laughs> Sleeping in the Colosseum. <laughs> no, the tricky part was getting out because in the morning, I actually had my morning <laughs> piss in Colosseum <laughs> when the sun came up. And you had to get up early because the guard's yeah. coming. Yeah. So, but we jumped out and they started coming. But I had a camera with me and go like, oh, this is a fantastic place. <laughs> so we, were, we weren't caught. Oh, wonderful. So, Mora, I'm, I'm going to do like this. I'm going to read your CV back to you. Thank uh, you. And then we go from there. So, I'm going to start with saying that you went to Technicum in Växjö. Yes. Yes. That is correct, sir. Yeah. And you worked in an electronics store? Kind yeah, of selling retailer. Radio. Yeah, radio, TV. And then you worked as a broadcaster, or not really worked, but you were involved in broadcasting in radio? Yeah, when they started to allow free radio in Sweden. Yeah, and maybe before it was allowed? Uh, that was my friends. <laughs> not you. <laughs> no, it was me. They, they did illegal, from the kids' room, they did illegal uh, radio. Yeah. Which was very fun when, when the police came and his mother opened the door. It's like, what do you want here? It's like, we want your son. <laughs> <laughs> and what did, what did you do then? I wasn't part of that, but I was I a was su supporter. You worked also as a... Fashion photographer, is that right? Yeah, partly fashion, but most weddings and 
advertisement and portraits and stuff. Ah, <laughs> obviously you 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 did some kind of transition here because you then all of a sudden go and built your longboard company. Yeah, well, I someone gave me a longboard and I liked it, and it was hard to find in Sweden, so I started selling. <laughs> that became the biggest longboard reseller in uh, in Northern Europe. That that's that's fantastic. Yeah, I've also heard that you you've been working as a chef, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, I always done cooking with, with when some of my friends were chefs, so we always always helped around. And I got a call someday. Hey, we one one guy is sick. So, and, and that in combination with uh, um, uh, TV. So you've been part like my mother, like uh, half past seven at my place. You've been uh, in that uh, show, right? Yeah, dinner at my place. Yeah, dinner at my place. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't that. I was I was called out by a friend. You know, when you get a call, it's like, "Hey, are you Mr. Lars Morelius?" And it's like, "Oh, who who is this salesperson? What they gonna sell?" And they, no, they're not selling. They're buying me. So I was <laughs> I was named by a friend. Like he can cook. Yeah. He should be there. And uh, and I had to call around because I don't watch Swedish TV. Not even back then. So I had to call around, friend. What is this thing? Should I be in it? And they and everyone go, "Yeah, do it." So I did. Ah, fantastic. And then you've been basically so including everything. Twenty nine years in the IT industry or something like that. Yeah, pretty much. Bought my first computer in nineteen ninety. So you know, reading your CV like this, it feels like it has five different ones, right? <laughs> But technology is a red thread. Yeah, Or? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's it's a thread in it. It's threads. It's, it's maybe, a, maybe it's a mix of you being a chef, you're uh, having security, you're having um, a design, you're having development. Uh, uh, chef, mastering, blending, and that's what you do today, right? No, uh, I, well, one part is actually, I, I guess it's it's just interesting, be curious and, and, and go for it. And the other thing is problem solving. Yeah. I mean, what I do with IT security and what I do is finding a recipe or, you know, or, or taking a picture is like, You have a blank slate. You have no idea what you need to do, and you need to find where is the picture, and that's kind of and that's pattern recognition is probably useful in architecture because it's like find a way because if you can draw things on a whiteboard and other people see it goes yeah that works you can communicate it and and you can actually see it works but before how do you go from nothing to a correct description of something that's the same thing as doing a, a photo shoot. We have this point here where you publish, that's really interesting, publish the first website, one of the first websites in the world. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, the whole... well, it was actually the, my friends at the computer club in Linköp University, Lysator. They they started the world's, world's 10th website, only nine around when they got, got around. And they basically came to me and asked like, hey, we're forming an internet company. While studying, and like, what, what year are we talking now? Uh, 1994, December 94, they came to me and asked, "Can you do the boring stuff like marketing and an economy?" Uh, so I joined them, and we were like five, and uh, we we chose to build software. So we had this uh, content management system we built, and uh, we grew a bit. We actually we actually trained the first uh, web agencies on HTML in Sweden, and I also did write the first course in psychological warfare on internet. Actually, 1995. What haven't you done? No. <laughs> I, I, I just have, before we jump ahead to, to what you're doing today, I just have, I did a little bit of research about you, and I heard a story about uh, you meeting Leif Padbotsky in, uh, in Vegas? Las Vegas. Yeah, that's, that's the short version is that we wanted 
things to be secure, right? So we started using open source encryption with long keys. And uh, the Swedish government said, no, you're not allowed to export that. And that's that's hard for an exporting company with software to, mm. trying to survive. So we had a big fight regarding that because Sweden interpret the, the rules differently than Finland. And they were still, it's, is, it, is it really in the open domain and so on? And so they blocked me and actually... Um, Leif Pagotti signed a decree saying we're not allowed to export. And then we took this software. We survived because we didn't get any money over that time. And we survived and we, we put our software in, uh, bought a booth, a big booth in, in uh, the biggest uh, in fair in, IT fair in, in the US, uh, Comdex. Mm. And we were there and we signed up to be in the competition for internet software. Just like, of course we're going to be. We're great. And we won. <laughs> So we beat Microsoft, Netscape, Novell, uh, amazing story, and, yeah. and everyone's Sun Microsystem. And, and the guy congratulated me when I, go off, when I go off stage. It was Leif Pagotsky, the guy who almost killed us. So he took my hand and said, congratulations. And I just hold his hands that we need to talk. <laughs> and uh, I explained to him the importance for because U.S. could basically listen to anything we did in Europe back then because they can have longer key. So I explained to him, and he basically said, "Okay, what should I do?" And I said, "You make it, make it so it's the same rules within Europe." And he actually did that, and that's why you now can be say, can can go securely to your bank with HTTPS. The S there is safe. Thanks, yeah. partially. Well, thanks, thanks to, to you. Partly, the, we were many fighting, but Leif yeah, but, did, uh, a, did a good job there. Uh, th that is uh, fantastic. But uh, what uh, what are you actually doing uh, today? We, we have a, a long story about uh, <laughs> uh, the things that you're you're in in your past. But uh, what what do you do today? I do. I still work with IT security. Okay. So uh, I'm helping companies become more secure. So it's both both the technical part, organizational, legal, and and uh, education, and like group dynamic and how do you how do you actually get a company to care about security and how do you actually make it secure so that's what i do today yeah, yeah. and also i of course i work with uh, developing software like an architect so if you're a developer what is the key thing you, you need to think of with, with your experience uh, like a chef <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. what, what is uh, 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 what will you tell the developers uh, uh, listening uh, uh, to, to this pod do the pictures first you need to have the the diagrams so you actually understand what you're going to do because if you can't make it on a whiteboard describe it you can't really make develop it. You will do more mistakes, and you will have to revert and everything. So, to make so making the state diagrams, the flow charts, and the entity relationship diagram, and that's really important for the database layer. That's what you do first, because it saves so much time. And you you when you are actually standing on the whiteboard trying to discuss it, you find out that you don't know parts, yep. and you know it before you start coding. So it, that's the most important thing. But how, how do you combine that picture, right, with, uh, with uh, you know, the whole agile movement and so forth? Because if you, if you do a too granular picture, I guess you are framing yourself. Yeah, but they're, they're never too granular. It's, it's just a picture. And the, the thing with agile is not... The thing is, you start coding too early, right? Because the, the thing with agile is you can, you can always change course quicker when yeah. you do agile but you still have to have a course you need to know where you're going otherwise you can go in circles very fast very agile but you're not coming anywhere so by that gives you the direction where the software should go 
and everybody in the room knows it from all this all the layers and stack especially if you're a large team and you will you will find that you come back to the pictures and you redo them because you have new ideas and you find complexities especially with the entity relationship diagram that is so important for the data layer do, do you see that that is the most common mistakes that uh, developers uh, yeah. do they, they they start coding too too soon and want to show progress and not building for the future, right? Yeah, because it's so quick to do software now. But it's like if you're writing a book, maybe you should have a storyline thought out first, you know, synopsis or whatever you do. So that's what you need. And especially when you grow and you need to sync the team and new people coming in, it's like you think things are clear because you worked with it a year. But the new person coming in is like, yeah, I can code. But it's also driven by, by customers because they're like, oh, you, we need to get this out fast. You need to start coding. And I actually been in a meeting with a customer going like, are you starting coding? And I was like, no, hold on. We don't know what to do yet. We need to design the house. Like, let's start building a house. We can do it agile. Yeah, maybe you should have something to put it on first. Uh, you know? Framework, yeah. Because uh, you, you, you have a, a big idea regarding your uh, uh, framework and how to prepare for the future. Uh, maybe you would like to um, sh show to the listeners. Uh, what, what is your uh, view regarding how, how to prepare for the future? It's hard to show in a radio show. No, <laughs> but uh, you're, you're such a, a good uh, speaker. But, so you can yeah. actually uh, uh, well, I haven't, emphasize it. Uh, yeah, I have a name for it. But yeah. Because I mean, people talk about the MVPs, minimal mm. viable product. But what can happen there is you, you get it out, you get money from VC and everything. And, and then when you're like, hey, let's go to Europe and let's like, expand. It's like, no, we have to rebuild everything. You don't want to end up. You don't want to end up in a situation that you have to redo a lot of things and you lose money and you... The money you have is maybe not enough. So I'm, I'm talking about MVA, that is most viable architecture. And you want to do an MVP on an MVA. So basically, you can build uh, securely for the future and you can expand. And two things you can't add afterwards is security and multi, what I call multiculture, localization, internationalization. If you don't take care of you know, different date format and you have different currencies, you have to rebuild, rebuild your software on the lowest level. And the same goes for security. So you do the pictures, you think of security, you already implement the pattern of multiculture, and then you choose your parts, what you need, so you know you have an MBA, and then you build your MVP on it. So you build your sm small little dirty stuff, and you, you get some market share, and you maybe get some funding. <laughs> yeah, it's, it can be dirty. But at least because if you if you have the pictures, once you get the diagrams, you know what you're going to do. And you yeah. can say, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. But you know what you will do later. And then you know that the stuff you, you built it on mm. will support that. Otherwise, you have to change while running and having customers, which is a lock-in effect. They don't like breaking changes. If you've done the architecture work, it's easy to code as well. And actually, one of my friends who come from another side, they did this design work and showed to the customer all the flows and they interviewed end users and customers how they want things. And that's amazing to get when you're an architect because now I see it and I know what flows you have. I know how they affect. So doing that architecture work, it's like you need to find the right people in the room to be able to do the architectural work. Coders like to code, right? Yes, and how how is that in now when we're seeing a a picture? All of a sudden, I feel a little bit uh, framed. No, they don't. So how don't. do you how do you keep that uh, creativity going with those? 
Well, if you're writing a book, you need once again, you, you need a storyline to know what you put into the story, right? Yeah. And that's a coder because a coder is, it's a creative process and it's a problem solving process, but you also need to know your goal, right? Which is the storyline. If you have total freedom, do you want total freedom? <laughs> of course I want. <laughs> Good. Huh? Now your turn. <laughs> Yeah. You don't even know yeah. what we're going to talk about, no. right? No. Exactly. So by having that frame, uh, you you prob problem solve within that space, and that's kind of what you do when you do photography as well and do cooking, because if they want meat, okay, what type of what type of dish do you want? I want this. Okay, now I do that dish for you, right? And photography is like, no, we want the portrait. What for? It's a CV. But okay, now we have a frame. Now. You work within that frame, mm -hmm. and that's the same thing with software. You're working with uh, startups, uh, uh, companies uh, born in the cloud, and uh, and setting uh, frameworks for for them, and and helping uh, how to build, for example, on AWS, and, and because it's a lot of things makes it more complex doing it uh, with the hyperscalers than doing it uh, uh, on prem uh, as well. So maybe you would like to uh, mention something regarding that what you're doing and uh, how you take your experience and helping those kind of startups. Yeah, the thing with the cloud is you have a lot of freedom. You have a lot of things to choose from, which is then a danger as well, right? So I know companies that failed that basically used too many moving parts in the system and it was complex, very complex to work with it because they have a lot of coupling to many systems. By adding another system, you get more complexity, right? So once again, doing the work and finding the software that supports what you're going to do. Then you have the whole thing if you really want to go big, and this is when you have a distributed system, you get a whole different problem. So going from this, what's called, I was badly called monolith, you, to go to microservices, which is another trend, but it's basically you go to distributed system. You need to rethink the way you work as a coder, because when you're doing, and one thing you work with asynchronously, and if you compare synchronous work with asynchronous work, synchronous work is like, give me, give me a shot of vodka, right? And then I wait for you until you hear, here's your shot of vodka. The other way is going, I send you a message, send me a shot of vodka, and then I do other stuff, and then you say, hey, I got, I got your shot here. Oh, thank you, right? That is asynchronously. You yep. don't wait for it. Mm. And that, that is a different way of coding to start with, right? And then when you spread out the system, you get this, all this, okay, you, you log in as a user. Yeah, but is the user there in Asia when they started signing in Europe? You get all these latency moving data around if you're really going to scale things in the mm. distributed system. So you need to go to a message reactive system, which is basically that I react to your message saying, here's your shot of vodka. And that, that is hard as a developer. So it's hard on the architecture part and it's hard on development because you need to rethink. And yeah. I've seen projects trying to build the monolith the wrong way. So they basically build the same thing, but with extra latency. Yeah. <laughs> but the React is, is something that is, is really, really, I, I see that uh, a lot. Uh, it's, it's really popular now. Uh, yeah, it is because it is a good pattern and you, you have to go there if you if you want to want to scale globally. Yeah. So the thing that Kafka's coming and all these message bus and message queues, they, they are part of it because that's where you can put the message yeah. that you react to. Working agile, you can't build a monolith and then, then pretend it's you can scale it. So that's mm. once again, the architecture work comes in 
So when you, when you draw your images for your system and then realize, okay, let's see what happens if you put this in Asia, Europe, in US. It's like, okay, here's the problems. Right. So, so let's talk about technologies. And I know you're you're building uh, on something nowadays. What technologies are you using, and why should people use those technologies that you have chosen? Uh, I, I got tipped off by a friend about Couchbase, and the good thing is, like, okay, you can actually build a, a graph database in Couchbase. So the graph database I don't have to care about anymore as an architect, and you have a key value store, so I don't have to care about that either. You have caching, so for my architectural work, I can. Either do the normal SQL database or a column database or Couchbase. I, I just have three different choices depending on the customer, right? That simplify my levels of freedom. Mm. The lowers the level of freedom, but I still have freedom within, right? So that's why I ended up with Couchbase. But like the warning I give to go from the, the thinking of the, the normal SQL database, the table database, to go to document databases is... It's mind-boggling. It takes a while because you need to rethink. And if you add all this, like distributed system, you go to call it, you go to document database, and you, you work asynchronous, message-driven, reactive. That's a lot of things you get to you have to get your head around. Yeah. But you you if you you want if you want to be future-proof as a developer or architect, you have to go there. If I would be a new venturing into development uh, in as a developer. What three advice do you have for me? First of all, understand that any operational part, you can always Google. And operational means, how do I do this, write this line of code? Or you can ask AI now, right? Mm-hmm. But the other levels, tactical and strategic, you cannot. And, and that is part like, how do I build a good team? How do I solve problem? What is a good architecture uh, for what I'm supposed to do? That you need to put time in. And also, once again, these images. Learn the basic, how to be able to describe what you're going to do. Go big. Think big, right? And draw it out, and then you scale it down. So have that bigger picture. Yeah. And being scaling up, scaling down. Yeah. Number two? Uh, Multiculture and security, you cannot add afterwards. And multiculture is like, if you don't take care of right-to-left languages, which which affects every layer, in your code, the, the data layer, the application layer, and the front end, especially the front end. And like to take care of, of different currencies and, and date formats and calendars starting on a Friday. Whoever knew that, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is very important to understand. That is hard. And, and whoever says, no, no, we have UTF-8, that's easy. It's like, no, it's hard. It's, I spent 15 years and I haven't solved all the problems, right? And the security part is also one thing is if you don't take care of that, that's, that should always be present because it, it, if you don't add it in the beginning, you need to remake things and you lose money or you get killed by someone taking over your whole stuff and nobody trusts you anymore. And that's bad for a startup. Yeah. So that's two and three, right? Yeah. And the fourth thing, I guess you have. Yeah, well, that's find your product that you can have in the beginning. That's the MVP on the MBA. Find product that can scale with you. Yeah. Don't go for a simple choice just because it was easy. Spend some time picking out products that you know can support you. And also the people that can help you within the companies. Yeah. So it's not only the technical part. It's a human part. The TTH, talk to humans. Or TTG, talk to geeks. That's important <laughs> as well. Oh, I have another one. FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. That's the term I use. You know, when you identify you have FUD, you do that first. 
because it's so many unknowns. You do the hard thing first, not the simple one. Yeah. And that, that to identify it is, is what I use the term but, FUD. But that could just, so if you're sitting too long and trying to solve the hard part, then you never really go to anything else. I mean, yeah, but the if big you turn hard that around, part, you know, I'm just being devil's advocate here. Well, first of all, define what level is the hard part, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if, you know, if you know how to code and you do that, you want to start with that. It's, it's yeah. because it feels safe going into scary direction of learning more about message handling or like security or this multiculture. That's scary. And we react badly to that humans. It's like, no, I'm going to sit there and do my code. So to do that first, because it will save time later to do, mm. to do this. And, and I use the word FUD. Is it fear, uncertainty, or doubt what you're going to do? You start with that. And mm. I would use that in night security as well. Yeah. Because normally when you talk to companies, it's like, how is it over there? Oh, we don't really know. Okay, it's FUD. Good. We need to look there, lift the stones and go, oh, shite. Everybody loves when you say FUD. FUD, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I have a, you know, coming from security guy, uh, I have a, my last questions for today. <laughs> okay, for today. <laughs> yeah, in this show, <laughs> maybe I should say. Um, so let's say that you were a hacker. Uh, you were sitting there hacking a system, being a chef or a former chef. I don't know how to. <laughs> I'm going to cook on Monday. So, yeah, yeah. so what do you have on your table next to you while hacking away? <laughs> Snooze and coffee. Snooze and coffee. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, but you do it mostly with machines now. So uh, the, the whole idea that it's a guy or, or some person sitting there doing it is kind of wrong. You just use a lot of powers, computer powers. And now AI actually to do it as well. So you just feed it with electricity then? <laughs> yeah, basically. But I mean, they're even proficient. You have some specific groups that targeting to open up the doors and then they sell that door to another who goes in and breach it. Yeah, it's like it's a market. Uh, fantastic! It's it's been a really really pleasure uh, having uh, you uh, here. H how was the feeling doing the, this podcast? <laughs> I don't know, warm. <laughs> 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 no, it's it's. I I hope at least two people listen to it and 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 get some advice for it. Yeah, perfect. And then uh, I would just so would like to thank you and um, uh, looking forward to to work with you uh, uh, off uh, uh, podcast as well. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.